no matter what happens, no matter how far you seem to be away from where you want to be, never stop believing that you will somehow make it. Have an unrelenting belief that things will work out, that the long road has a purpose, that the things that you desire may not happen today, but they will happen. Continue to persist and persevere. That was Brad Guest. In this world that's filled with so much noise and information, really stand out and be who we were really meant to be. In this podcast, we focus on injecting you with positivity, optimism, and strategies all centered around helping you be who you were always meant to be in business and life. Be inspired to show up in your own skin to learn strategies, habits, and skills from others as we share our own life journeys and stories. There's no other you, and you know yourself better than anyone else. So be prepared to take away habitual tidbits, tactics that will encourage you to pursue and live your life, not the one others want you to live. Welcome to Stand Out Be You, where you don't have to be perfect, you just have to be you. If I could give our next guest today the badge of perseverance, I would. Stay tuned and listen to her life story and how she's helped her communities and is now continuing to help communities online. She's an author, mom, grandma, loving wife, web developer, and one determined lady. So hi there, I am here with Shelly Turner and I'm excited to have her on Send Out BU so she can speak with us a little bit more about her story and where she comes from and what she does and how she's making a huge impact on the world. So Shelly, welcome to the show and give us a little bit of an overview, fill in the gaps for us. Wow, so thank you first of all so much for having me on. I so appreciate it and I'm so excited to get to share my story because I think my story kind of takes some twists and turns that might surprise people a lot. So I currently work in the technology industry, but that's not actually where I came from. So I can tell you that way back in the day, I went to college to get a degree in biology. So I was really excited about it. Loved biology, actually wanted to go to veterinary school. Well, apparently the universe decided it needed something different. So in the middle of being in college, my husband and I got pregnant with triplets. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we already had a child that was only six months old. Oh, my so goodness. I know, right? So, uh, <laughs> which of course, was a very difficult pregnancy. I'm not even five feet tall, so I was as, as round as I am tall. I mean, it just got yeah. that way. So we ended up having them very, very early. And actually, they were born before my first child's first birthday. So technically, for about two weeks, they're all the same age together. Wow. <laughs> Absolute <Yes>. craziness. <laughs> I don't recommend that at all. Um, and then right behind the triplets, we had another one. So within three years, we had five children. And I don't recommend that. That's not the way to do it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. I'm, with my two, I'm juggling. <laughs> right. So they were born um, three months premature and 
had a lot of medical issues that we had to deal with. So the reality was that school had to be put on hold for a while. So we dealt with them while they were little. And then once they all went into kindergarten, the last one went into kindergarten, I got back up on that horse and went right back to college. But things had changed so much that I decided to go into information technology. So I ended up finishing up my bachelor's degree in information technology. And I worked uh, for a while as an independent consultant and kind of traveled all over the United States and worked for multi-million dollar uh, corporations and built networks from the ground up. And it was really fun and I love to travel. But my kids were kind of missing their mommy, right? Because they're all preteens and and I was missing them. And then 9-11 happened. So travel took on a different meaning when you're out of the area of where you live and something like that happens. The only thing you want to do is actually get home. So I kind of decided to move into a corporate position. So I became IT manager for a large corporation. And uh, I did that for several years. And then my person that was my, what I would call my mentor, got pancreatic cancer and passed away. So when he passed away and left that business, he was the general manager. They brought someone else in and it didn't matter how good that person was going to be. That person was not the person that Mm -hmm. I had in that position before. That's just the way it is. So instead of jumping into the consulting thing again, I decided to try something different. And what is that huge difference? Because we were talking about it a little bit before. It's actually bigger than what you think. (laughs) Share with us. I taught seventh grade high school career discovery. Wow. That's (laughs) (laughs) didn't even go together. (laughs) Seventh grade. It was such a neat experience though. Uh, Of course, I went into the classroom thinking I was going to conquer the world and I was going to change the world and the kids were going to love me and I would be Miss Turner the Fantastic and that lasted about 20 minutes with seventh graders. (laughs) So I thought I started to doubt this move, right? I could have so easily stayed in IT and made a bunch of money and been happy and all that. But I figured out that I really was making a difference just a little little bit at a time. Right. So I decided to get actually certified in biology since I'd already been to college for biology. I just didn't finish that degree. Right. So I passed the, the test to be able to do that on the first shot, which shocked me because I hadn't reviewed it for a long time. But the day that I got my results, the local high school hired me because mm-hmm. there's just such a shortage for science teachers. Right. So I did that for eight years and loved it. I mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I love being that person that makes a difference in a young person's life. And it was high stakes. For high school biology in Mississippi, where I'm at, you have to pass the biology class and you have to pass the state biology state test. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do both of those things, you don't graduate. So it's very wow. high stakes. You know, I had to right away be serious with the kids, but also create an air of fun so that they didn't come in every day thinking that we were just going to pound things out. And that's the only thing that this class was about. So I created a lot of fun for the kids. I hope they, they came back, they come back and tell me all the time it was a lot of fun. So I, I think I did pretty well. <laughs> but um, it, it turned out that about three and a half years ago, I was developing some health issues because I have a really rare genetic disorder another layer to the story. Yes. And the right leg was having a lot of problems and um, I was having challenges walking. The foot was breaking just by walking on it. The knee was done. It didn't bend anymore. The foot didn't bend up and down or side to side. So it was, it was really, I was having a hard time doing anything and I was going down in a wheelchair fast. Mm-hmm. And as a skydiver, I wasn't cool with that. As yeah. a, someone mm-hmm. who swim, got to swim with sharks, I'm not cool with that. 
as someone who's been scuba diving. I'm not cool with that, right? I'm not yes. cool with being down yeah. in a wheelchair. Right. So I'm too young to be down in a wheelchair already. <laughs> exactly. So, you come visit me so we can do all those things. <laughs> I know. So I actually went to my doctor and they were dealing with the immediate problems that were, you know, just arising as we went. And I said, hey, what do you think about considering an amputation? And that doctor immediately said, oh my gosh, for a broken foot. And of course I said, I, I need you to look at the big picture because life is drastically changing for me and it's changing so fast. And he just said, absolutely not. So I fired him. I just said, you know what? I'm done with you because as a, an individual, I want to at least have a say in my medical care. Even if the doctor says, I think that's crazy. At least I want them to say, I think it's crazy, but let's put it on the table and let me tell you why it's crazy. Right. And mm -hmm. I didn't even get that. Right. So I started to bounce from doctor to doctor, determined that this is something I wanted on the table to talk about. And it took a long time to find some doctors that would listen, but I finally found doctors that we put it on the table. And honestly, after everything was laid out, we hashed it out. Amputation was the best idea. So I got three doctors to agree. And I picked one of them and had it done. So about three and a half years ago, I had my right leg amputated above the knee. And about a year after that, I got my prosthetic leg and I call my leg Murphy. I don't guess everybody names their prosthetics, but, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> but Murphy is named after Robocop. You know, before yeah. he became Robocop, his name was Murphy. So, exactly. so in that time that I was recovering from the amputation, it started to become clear to me that it was going to be very difficult to go back into the classroom, especially in a timely manner. So I started looking at alternatives to what I could do to keep myself busy, um, maybe generate an income, maybe affect some lives, you know, all those good things. Because when you come from teaching, even though it's frustrating and you're tired and you could choke some kids, and you could definitely kill some administrators, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know you're doing something that is just incredible. If you're doing it right, you know that. Right. So to come out of that and just kind of be sitting there going, well, now what do I do? So I first stepped into publishing some books and I actually now have six published, but I am what I call domestically challenged, which means I don't cook. I don't like to cook. I don't <laughs> like to go in the kitchen and cook. I'll stay on the computer 23 hours, but I don't want to be in that kitchen for an hour to cook. <laughs> all, all my, all so my videos that come across your screen that like, I, if I can only cook that fast, that's like, hurry up. Yeah. <laughs> so what I did was I decided that in the process of raising my children, I did a ton of meals that were just quick meals because I hated to, to cook. So as I'm recovering from this amputation, I'm thinking, you know what, that would be a really good book. I could contribute to someone speeding up their time in the kitchen if they're like me, domestically challenged. This is before I even got Murphy. I was literally hopping on one foot in my kitchen, getting my meals organized and getting the you know instructions and everything and writing my cookbook. And <laughs> I, I wrote what I call dump and go cookbook. And so I, the first one was dump and go breakfast and then uh, dump and go dinners. And then the third one, um, I still didn't have Murphy. I invited four of my nieces and nephews, three nieces and a nephew to stay a week with me. And that whole week we cooked together and they chose the recipes that they liked the best and that they could cook. And we put those recipes into Dump and Go Kids. And then I did a fourth one called Dump and Go Diabetics because we have so many diabetics in our family. So four cookbooks before I ever even got Murphy. So that was really fun. Now are those cookbooks still out and available? Yeah, they're on Amazon. You can search Shelly Turner on Amazon and boom, they'll pop up. 
Awesome. I know. It's so exciting. And then during that time, we actually got our first grandchild, Katie Ray. Mm -hmm. And Katie Ray is the cutest thing that has ever graced this earth. There's no doubt about it. So as she's growing up, she's three now, but back then when she was first born, I just kept seeing the little funny things that she did. And she had little quirks and stuff about her that everybody has. But of course, she's my grandchild. So I was just eating all that up. And I decided she would make a great subject for a book. So I've actually written a children's book based on her. And the first one is called Katie Ray Cleans Her Room. I actually did all of the illustrations myself. So that was really, really, I know, right? And there will be a second Katie Ray book coming out that's called Katie Ray and Her Toothbrush. And that's where she's actually learning how to take care of her teeth so that she doesn't get germs in her mouth and, you know, her teeth stay nice and clean and and healthy. And there's actually some dentists that are are ready for that one to be done so that they can sponsor, have a a part in sponsoring the release of the book. So that one's really, really exciting. And then the third one is written, Katie Ray and Her Rock. And, uh, And I have not started illustrating that one yet, but that one's coming. And then the second grandchild, Isaiah Lee, I call him Eileen. And his book series, I've written probably about 10 of those books. In that series, he is a little sea turtle that is down in the bottom of the ocean. And he actually runs the Deep Blue Sea Detective Agency. And he'll solve like just different little things that happen down in the ocean. Wow. Wow. You have a full, full storybook inside of you, yourself. Shelly. <laughs> I do, actually. Exactly, exactly. Let me ask you this. How do you find the time to do all of it? <laughs> when I was a teacher, I was running full out almost 100% of the day. I mean, when you go to teach, you don't have time. They give you an hour planning time, and it's such a lovely thing because you never plan, especially in a biology class because we're doing labs. Or I was a heavy technology class, so I shot videos of all my lessons. So getting time to plan just didn't happen during the school day. So I would actually stay till late hours, actually planning, getting labs ready and stuff like that, and then come home and your work is not done because you're trying to find the best way to teach these things. So you take what you did last year, put it together with some new stuff this year, and hopefully create an even better experience for the kids. So it was all encompassing. So to go from that to the amputation where I'm laying in bed all day, it's not a challenge to start challenging yourself to really get that busy again and do different projects to make sure you're staying that busy and keeping that brain as active as you can. So the books were not even a challenge. Developing the other series was not a challenge. And then once I got the books to where I had kind of mastered how to do that, then I jumped into building mobile apps. And mobile apps, being a technology person, was not really a difficult thing for me to jump into. The challenge was to get the bravery as an amputee to go to businesses and say, hey, I'd love to build an app for you. But having a genetic disorder and having, you know, a minor, I wouldn't call it really a disability, just not quite being the same as everybody else, I've had to deal with that all my life. So it wasn't a big jump to go in there now without a leg and say, hey, I'd love to build you an app. So um, it didn't take me long to get business and um, start building apps for companies. And then I decided that wasn't enough to do. <laughs> so yeah. In January, we started an a e-commerce business. And uh, the e-commerce business is a jewelry company where I have consultants come in and actually sell my product for me. I don't sell it. 
and they get a commission and they get special links that they use all of their own. They have a dashboard where they can check and see how much they're making. And we launched that in January of this year. And I've already got like 120 something consultants and another hundred waiting to be approved to come in. Wow. That's a course in itself. And that is not even the course that you're teaching. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> My original like having you on and what I know about you is that you actually help individuals build mobile apps and you have right. a course on that. But it seems like you've got right. like a heck of a many more courses that you could actually be doing. And I do that. I teach, I go to our local library and teach for free. I teach people how to write and publish their own books. And then I do give them a free mini course on how to create their own app. Wow. So giving. And I think that's the biggest part of what I want individuals to hear, the listeners to hear. Yes. Is that when we're giving, that much more comes to us. And I see that and I hear that happening all around you in your world, Shelly. So thank you for being Very true. that great person that's giving and helping others, you know, in the world. Thank you. So what has been, I, I know in between your story here, you've led us down to your path of what's happened. What would you say has been the hardest thing that you've ever had to face? I think that it was right after the amputation. Well, about a year after the amputation, I just got Murphy and I was going to have to relearn how to walk. And walking before the amputation was actually hard enough because that leg was about done. So now I've got a different type of leg. I don't have the ability to like kick out that foot. So if I need to get it out of the way, I have to move the whole leg instead of being able to just kick out the foot. So there's all kinds of new learning experiences and I'm 51 right now. So all of that is a little scary, yeah. but my father, he has the same genetic disorder that I do. And his kind of marching orders, my whole life has been, don't say can't. Cause if you say can't, you won't. But if you say, I can, you'll figure it out and you will. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I'd never done in my entire life, skydiving, swimming with sharks, all of that stuff, but I'd never done a 5K. So after I got Murphy and started walking, I thought, you know what? I'm getting ready to do this 5K and I'm going to have it done. So I picked out a 5K and I, I didn't even tell my husband until I think it was the morning of. Yes. Oh, by the way, we're going to a 5K. And he's like, wait, what? He's like, you're going to watch. No, I'm going to do the 5K. And he was like, okay. So we show up, I pay my little entry fee and I make sure that it's okay that I walk it instead of run it. Cause I'd only had Murphy for like a couple months. So I wasn't even running yet. Oh my goodness. Um, I know, right? So they said, yeah, no worries. You can walk it. So they did that start thing and I set out and I did great all the way up until about two miles and a 5k is 3.1 miles. So I was about two thirds of the way and my body was just like, um, this is not going to be pretty Shelly. <laughs> right? yeah. so, so I started that battle. That's the toughest battle I've ever had in my life was the battle that my body was telling me, stop, you need to sit down. And my mind was telling me, nope, you said you were going to do this and you're going to get it done. And I was dealing with prosthetic leg issues too. It was really hot. Right. And with the stump inside there, it would get sweaty. And so it would actually start to twist. So I'd literally have to stop and like twist it back towards the front. <laughs> 
it was hilarious because that's just something I didn't think about, right? That I was yeah. sweat so bad that the foot would start turning. So anyway, so I'm stopping about every quarter mile to flip Murphy back around the right way. And then by about maybe a half a mile, it got serious. I was looking down at my feet to make sure I was being careful the way I stepped so I didn't trip. So it was really, really serious. I was really tired and about about ready to tell them. And they were driving behind me. I was the last one. And they were driving behind me, picking up the cones. But they, they weren't being negative or anything. They were just like, yeah, we got to get these picked up. So we'll just follow her. Exactly. So it wasn't a big deal at all. But I was really just almost done. And about a quarter of a mile from the, the end, and I couldn't see the end. My husband was there, but I was so focused on my feet that I had like no idea. And I was literally just putting one foot in front of the other. And I heard my husband, uh, and I was shocked because I was, didn't know he was there. And he goes, hey, don't talk. You've only got about a quarter of a mile left. Yeah. You're almost there. And that was it. That's that all was I what you needed. And, yep, that's all I needed. So I pushed all the way to the finish line. And I absolutely couldn't believe that I'd made it. As silly as it sounds, 3.1 miles is not a lot of miles. And the other people were doing it in like eight minutes, right? Please. It took me one hour and 35 minutes. But you did it. <laughs> you finished and you did it. And that's what matters. That's it. And honestly, we got across the finish line and there were so many people there. They were so supportive. These are people I'd never met before because we went out of town to do the 5K. But they stayed behind because they knew that I was coming in and I got hugs all the way around. And then as soon as the hugs were over and, and the hype was over, I was like, we find a place to sit down. <laughs> hey, I'm that way as a spectator. My husband runs marathons. So when I'm running oh, around gosh. all these spots, by the time I'm finished, I'm like, okay, can we all just sit down? Yep. Yeah, that's right. That's how I felt. But just the battle that went on, it was a true battle between my body and my mind. And I just was not going to let myself fail. It was just that, that important to me that I get that done. And that's how I approach anything that I do in business too. It's like, okay, we got an idea, let's flesh it out. And now that it makes sense, let's get it done. And I'm so thankful that my dad was that one that pushed me to be like that because it's been really successful. And would you say, I'm going to ask you this question, who's been your biggest role model to mold you into the person that you are today? I don't think there's any one person that I can give that credit to. And here's why. As a child, I had many, many different surgeries and was in the hospital for a long stretch of time every time I had one done because the genetic disorder that I have causes you to not be able to heal very quickly. So when I was 13, I had the bottom part of my leg lengthened, actually made it longer. But that process took a year. So while I was in the hospital, and this was Shriners Hospital, and I'm going to give them a big shout out because we got incredible treatment for my genetic disorder. But while I was in the hospital, they had teachers come in to make sure that we stayed caught up with school. And they had people that would come in and entertain us, do crafts with us, do all kinds of things. We had incredible nurses, not just working as a job. These nurses spent an incredible amount of time off the clock, staying with us and playing, just playing a game of cards right? right. Um, just teaching the teenagers how to do makeup or, you know, just kept us busy, kept us not thinking about the fact that we were in the hospital. And it was just an incredible thing. So every one of those people, every single person that gave of themselves so freely, I have a piece of them in me. And mm -hmm. I think that's what made me who I am, those experiences. And here's an example. On Christmas Day, I was in the hospital Christmas Day. Santa Claus actually came to the hospital 
in a helicopter and he, wow. he flew into the where the uh, hospital was and landed on the front lawn so we are all looking out the window watching Santa Claus land and get out of the helicopter, which a fat man in a red suit is funny to watch getting out yeah. of a helicopter, that's for sure. <laughs> but he came into the hospital and when he came up to our area, our ward, every single child had been asked like two weeks before, what do you want for Christmas? Every single child had a bag that was up to the top of their head wow. and it was filled with every single thing they asked for. Wow, that's amazing. It's so giving and touching. Right. So how can you not take that as a piece of you? Exactly. It's just, it was an incredible thing. And the Shriners <laughs> people, so much credit because I just don't think they know how much they affected my life, not just in the treatment, but in all the extra stuff that, that was done by the people that were a part of Shriners. And I'm just so thankful. And then, you know, people along the way as a young adult and adult, people just doing things for me that were just so giving and generous that I just carry them all over with me. Yeah. So let me ask you, you've been so giving, but at the same time, a lot of individuals, as you've just discussed with us, they've given to you, you know, and that's what happens in our lives is we have those moments where every day and every year and as we continue through life we build and we build amongst the people that are around us and i look at that as our community when right. that happens there's something within us as a human being that we want to give to others and i think that's what makes life magical why do you want to make an impact in the world shelly look at what i've been able to accomplish because of what people have done for me I have been a teacher and got the beauty of that, um, being able to be a part of changing lives. I have been able to write books. One of the things that I was told at one point was if you're going to write a book, write what you know. I yeah. could have so easily tried to fake it being a chef. I didn't even try. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm domestically challenged. And that works for me. That has worked for me well because I don't try to be who I'm not. The app thing the whole reason I got so deep into technology is that mentor I was telling you about years before that had actually encouraged me to go into the IT area. And he said, I think you're going to just be phenomenal. Do it, do it, do it. So all these people giving me so much, it seems like I can never pay them back. I never will be able to pay them back. So how do I do it? How do I pay them back is pay it forward. And even in the people that I deal with, I'm a part of a, a program now called Builderall, and I'm one of the top people as far as helping others with understanding how to use the Builderall system, and I don't charge them. I go into Skype sessions and support them, teach them how to use the uh, uh, idiosyncrasies of the system, because there's a lot of them. It's got like 16 different tools that you can use, and you can build websites, you can build apps, you can do all kinds of stuff, but it's very daunting how big it is. So I help them by doing anything I can, actually, Skype sessions, uh, Zoom sessions. I type the answer if it's a quick answer. I shoot a quick video if that's a way to get them an answer. And so many of them say, this is so great. How can I pay you? <laughs> and my response every time is pay it forward. I don't need anything from you, so you pay it forward. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so you have a lot happening. But what I want to dive deeper into, what is your primary focus <laughs> of what you're giving to individuals today? Like what can individuals, if they're wanting to connect with you, what are you doing for individuals where they can actually learn something new, you know, learn it from you and go from there? The most incredible opportunity that I have 
for anyone that is interested in learning more about how to build a mobile app or how to create a website or how to work with email and email marketing to be able to get your word out there about your products or your service. I have a platform called Builderall and it's a beautiful platform. Actually, you don't have to know programming or coding. If you've ever used Wix or Weebly, the website creator or designer is real similar to that. There's a little bit of a learning curve, but that's where I come in is to be able to teach you that. It's also got a mobile app builder for iPhone and Android. And again, no programming or coding needed. There's a learning curve, of course, but that's where I come in. And then there's a 10,000 subscriber autoresponder that you can use to be able to do email marketing. And again, if you don't know how to do that, that's where I come in. And if you don't want to use me, they've got hundreds of training videos available for you. But the funny thing is about uh, Builderall is there's so many tools with that that sometimes I feel like when I try to do all 16 of the tools and try to explain them, I'm like word vomiting because it's so much. (laughs) So what I've done is I've set it up so that anybody that wants to investigate more, they can actually do a trial period of seven days for free. It doesn't cost anything. And the easiest way to get there is shellyturner.com slash free trial. Perfect. And let me ask you, is it expensive to do an app? It's not actually. If you build it in Builderall, that's part of what you pay for in Builderall. And Builderall is $30 a month. Okay. You get the app builder, you get the website builder, you get the autoresponder and 13 other tools. $30 a month for Builderall. And then to build a Apple app for the iPhone, for the iPad, that costs you to get a developer account, which is $99 per year. And then if you want to publish your Android app, you can pay Google Play to be a developer. And that's a one-time charge of $25 and you've got a developer account. And then if you want to just kind of stretch yourself and do some apps on Amazon, which are Android apps, you can actually create a developer account on Amazon for $0. Who would have thought (laughs) that it's so inexpensive? I think, and I think individuals are going around in a different manner and it costs them a lot more. Right. Now, all of this you can figure out on your own because there are videos inside of Builderall. You can, it, you can do all of it. But I've got actually advanced programs where I'll just literally baby step people through. And the first one is a six-week program where you're guaranteed to publish your first app in six weeks. But that one is $2,995 for the six weeks because you're getting so much attention. And then if you get in there and you really see that that's what you want to do, build a business, and of course, I've built my business. So I offer my expertise every month to actually help you build your business and go through some of the really detailed things you need to know to help you with building specific pages. You know, things like putting a menu inside of an app yeah. and then allowing the user to order through that menu and through right. that app. Right. It's amazing. So the monthly program, it's actually a 52-week training program and I charge $997 a month for that. Okay, awesome, awesome. And if individuals want to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Do that trial period for Builderall. If you do that, you're going to automatically go in my back office, and then I will contact you automatically and welcome you to the trial. And then from there, we can converse back and forth as much as you want. Perfect. And I'll link that in the show notes for the listeners that are interested. That sounds great. All I can say is that Builderall does sound too good to be true. $30 a month, you get all of that. 
but I can honestly tell you from the, the bottom of my toes to the top of my head, it's the best deal you're going to get. And you're going to get that app builder. So if you are self starting and can do it on your own, there's no reason you can't do it on your own. Right, right. And then if you have someone like you, <laughs> then you're fast tracked. Exactly. And you're fast tracked. <laughs> I'm going to go through like a little bit of kind of personality. I like to call them questions, even though you've given us a load of personality already here on the call. <laughs> but I like to always like a little bit of stand up be you is a little bit of reflection of my kids as well. So I always like to ask individuals and kind of reverse this back. So what would okay. you today tell your 10 year old self? Oh my gosh, everything's going to be okay. And the things that you thought were so big, they're Aren't not they? even big. It's so true. What's the farthest city you've ever visited from your birth city? Honolulu, Hawaii. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. Been there. I'm like, I love traveling. Love it. Oh my gosh. Win the million dollar lottery, the hundred million dollar lottery, because you need more than a million dollars to live there. Yeah. The hundred million dollar lottery. I will have a house in Hawaii. Uh -huh. <laughs> have you visited any other countries? The only other country I've been, and it really, I'm not sure if it actually counts, is we've been down to Mexico, but it's, it's only in Juarez um, because you just kind of cross the line to get into Juarez. <laughs> and then we do cruises. So I've been down to the Caribbean. Okay. Right. I'm a, oh, I love cruising. And I oh, definitely, I in my know. 20s, I was completely in Mexico all the time. So, you know, <laughs> <I'm> Mexican. <laughs> it's great. Yes, I love it. Now, this one is kind of a fun one I like to ask. If you could be any animal in the world, what animal would you be and why? <gasps> That's such a great question. Um, probably a flying squirrel. Wow. Why is that? Because they get to fly. <laughs> Believe it or not, listen, I jumped out of an airplane when I turned 40. <laughs> I was like, I want to do something. <laughs> and I was putting it off because I had the kids. I'm like, I can't because I have kids, but I did it. And after I did it, and I'm freaked out of heights, but I still did it. And afterwards, I said, I want to do that flying squirrel. That's right. And that's so similar to my story, too, because I actually went skydiving. And, and what prompted it was I was doing some consulting out in California. And I did the touristy trap thing where you get the little brochures of all the touristy things you can do. So I took them home on a weekend where I got to fly home and was showing my husband skydiving. I was like, oh, looky there. And he goes, yeah, right. And my <laughs> response was, oh, it's on, baby. And yeah. so the very next weekend, I went skydiving. And to me, actually, the hardest part was just walking up to the desk. Exactly. <laughs> And they'll tell you, if you don't want to go, that's okay. You're not going to get your money back, but you know, we'll let everybody go ahead of you and then you'll be back on the ground and it'll be, it'll all be good. And I'm yeah. like, are you kidding me? I'm going. Yeah, it's back. <laughs> this next question, I'd like to ask this one only because my mom blessed me with my name, Tequila. So I always love to ask <laughs> vigils, what is the story behind your name? Actually, I have a younger sister named Kelly and my mom had always wanted two girls I think she actually wanted twins, but that's not what, what she got. But she wanted two girls, one of them being Shelly and the other one being Kelly. And it sounds great until you're Shelly or Kelly and <laughs> one of you got one of you gets in trouble and, and all you hear is Ellie. Yeah. Right. So you don't really know which one's in trouble. So we both kind of went running in different directions, hoping that it wasn't us. Oh, too funny, too funny. And our parents and our names. I had a student. Her name was Tequila Lee. 
And oh, oh my gosh, it was so funny. We do things in the class, you know, she'd raise her hand. And I'd be like, tequila. <laughs> I've never so, met a tequila that was older than me so far. So they all have been younger. So I like to think that they were all named after this tequila. <laughs> there you go. That's exactly right. <laughs> well, Shelly, it has been absolutely a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you. And it's been a thank pleasure you to be for here. Allowing us into your life, your journey, and your book that has actually happened so far as far as your life and all the chapters that have happened within. Listeners, I am going to link everything about Shelly and the different URLs that she mentioned on the show in the show notes itself. And without further ado, Shelly, do you have anything else for us? Be watching. Coming out soon is my book on my life story, because as you can tell, it's quite interesting. That will be called Living with Murphy. Ah, oh, I love it. Absolutely, I love it. Thank you, Shelly. And we absolutely enjoyed you. And until next time, continue on your journey. And remember, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be you. Thank you so much for spending this time with me today on Standout BU Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. If you could take the time to share this episode with someone you think would be touched as well, please go ahead and do so. Or if you know of anyone that has a good story that needs to be shared, then go ahead, let them know as well to reach out to me. Also, if you are motivated to do so, please go ahead and leave a great review. I would so appreciate it. And tell us what you think about what you've been hearing. Also, you can leave me a voicemail by going to tequiladaughter.com. It will help us so much with keeping this podcast going and helping to reach more people. Until next time, remember to stand out, be you. And that you don't have to be perfect, you just have to be you.